The Koi Gig Pod. I think all the concerns that we have obviously being that middle tier are very valid considering just how much we benefited from playing teams of a higher calibre going into our qualifiers. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode. Jimmy Heathlip is part of a new Prime Video team who have exclusive rights to all Autumn International Series games in Ireland and co-exclusive rights to Ireland's games with Virgin Media. Delighted to say Jimmy Heathlip joins us on the line now on OTB AM. Morning, Jimmy. How are things? I'm good. How are you? Keeping well, man. Keeping well. Uh, we decided we'd take a bit of a look ahead to the uh, the final November International this weekend against the Australians. Um, I was interested to read Jerry Thorny in the, in the papers this week talking about Australia's inconsistency. They've had the, the poor result, of course, against the Italians last weekend, but always a dangerous prospect to come up at this time of year against the Australians, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, look, Australia are, are a good side and they've had some quality players, but yeah, consistency has been an issue for them. But uh, I think in, in a very strange way, um, not, we, not that we don't have to worry about Australia. Um, you know, we should really be focusing, pay, like pay our respect to them, do our analysis of them, but really at the level that we're now at and the mindset that we probably have to have um, coming into the next 10 months, uh, you know, we have to be confident that uh, we can beat them and we have to be uh, confident that we can execute on the day. Um, but when we look back over the last couple of games, I think we have to look at our own consistency. Um, you know, we, we while we have uh, beaten all the top tier sides so far, um, you know, where we've come a little bit unstuck is against those kind of top marauding sides. Obviously, we, we kind of got over that hump against uh, South Africa, but then our consistency last week, um, in terms of approach to the game, you know, was a bit underwhelming. And it's something that we have to, um, kind of work on and improve on and be a lot more uh, ruthless this week against uh, Australia, who will be b- bouncing back off, um, a tough old day in the office last week. Is there any concern whatsoever over you know when when Johnny Sexton's not on the pitch and I know Carberry did his did his work last weekend but and then there's talk of of, of Jack Crowley maybe coming into it into a team as well maybe off the bench if Sexton is fit but are there any concerns when Johnny's not on the pitch that there are those gaps and and, and even gaps in experience as well? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. I was actually I was trying to look back and I'm, I'm, while we're chatting here, I'm trying to pull up those stats that. Um, in terms of like we win a whole lot, the, the effect that Johnny has mm. uh, on us winning in a game is pretty dramatic. You know, the, the, my stats from last week's notes aren't uh, top of mind, and I will circle back on it. But um, like he, like the impact he has on on the on the team in terms of direction, in terms of commanding a presence, mm. uh, in terms of taking opportunity, as well as not just going through. I think the, the letdown with Joey last week is that he went through the process a little bit too, bit too much. You know what I mean? This is the plan. We're executing the plan, even though at one stage, you know, I, uh, two scrums jump out at me last uh, last week. I think they're around R22. They were, they had, um, I think they were down to either 13 or 14 men. I can't remember at the time, but there was no blindside flanker. The blindside winger was about 20 meters back. And, um, like it was screaming out for them to attack that, that short side. You know, worst case, you kick it down the field and you got a one on one sprint with Balakoon against someone else, which you'd back all day. But we went through the process no matter what. And with, with, with Sexton, I think 
he probably sees that space. Maybe not the first time, but if he sees it the second time, he goes for it. Um, or he tells the guys, go for it. And I think he has that commanding presence. And we win a whole lot more games with him on the field. Um, the numbers the numbers don't lie around that. Um, I think, you know, Crowley took his opportunity last week. Um, you know, Joey's had what... Uh, He's down in Munster, what, near over four years now, uh, playing at 10. I know he's had a lot of injuries, but, um, you know, anytime he's gone up against big opposition and notably kind of Australia, uh, I think it was 2018 against Australia. Um, I think it was France this year when he starts at 10. Uh, we, we've lost. Mm. Um, so, you know, people keep thinking, saying, you know, Johnny's getting older, but, you know, I think Johnny plays as long as Johnny is number one. <laughs> You know what I mean? And uh, until anyone else steps up to the plate, um, the gap right now is still pretty big. And I think right now, uh, the one who's starting to bubble up and potentially come into that like second or third choice, um, I think there's a lot of potential in Crowley. That was one of the things, and it struck me from from Andy Farrell. Uh, you know, in the build up to the game, he stressed the need for these, uh, you know, secondary players, if we if call them that, or the wider squad to step up to the mark in recent yeah. weeks. And and then you look at the Fiji game, and you know, twenty five minutes with a man extra, and a further ten minutes with with two men extra, essentially on the pitch, and really Ireland made made hard work of that for large swathes of that match. Yeah, I mean, you could look at you just even look how disappointed. Um uh, and it was after the game. I think, um, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, everyone who watched the game saw how disappointed it was in terms of the mental territory we had, mental possession we had, and the lack of return on it. Um, and, and this very kind of like, you know, what was really disappointing was actually as well, I remember twice we scored uh, a try and then from the kickoff, we kind of switch off and we give an easy entry point, an easy penalty to, to Fiji. And these moments that it's fine against Fiji because we're always going to beat them. Right. But you know, we're, we have to stop playing at the level of the opposition and playing at our level. And I think that's what was probably most disappointing last week that we weren't at the level that Ireland wasn't at the level that it normally is. Um, and we had a lot of penalties, a lot of silly errors, uh, and that's going to be quite disappointing. Um, and a lot of guys didn't do themselves any favours in terms of the pecking order, while some others um, took their opportunity. You know, Treadwell stands out, um, McCluskey stands out, Crowley stands out in terms of my head of last week of guys who who took their chance. And we do need to build that depth. Um, I think we have a strong kind of strong depth in the pack and it's building. Um you could you could maybe argue there's a little bit of gap with some of the some of the front row positions, but that's starting to build. Um, we have a good depth at, at nine, and uh, I'd love to see Casey be on the bench this weekend for it. Um, I think he's been hard done by maybe not being on the bench a little bit earlier. Um, Ten, there's a bit of a gap, but like in terms of center partnerships, we're seeing that building. It's unfortunate Robbie Henshaw's injured and stuff, and Gary Ringrose will probably play as what I think it's his eighth game in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the depth is starting to build, which is, which is good. But, you know, if you just, if we, if you, if you let me fast forward for uh, 10 months time, you know, people keep talking about us getting past this quarterfinal, which is, which is a bit of a hurdle, right? Um, to do that, we have to play, um, South Africa, Scotland, and then Australia, um, and then New Zealand or France, right? And that's three massive tests in a row. And we need 
we need you, you, you've seen what like you watch the game enough you see how many guys get banged up from these international tests such mm. as the intensity and to do it three weeks on the trot like we need us we need a, like to be able to slot 15 guys in and out no problem starting um and there's just in some positions there's there's a I don't know if we can do that like for like but we're definitely getting a lot more uh parity and and kind of level standard amongst all the positions across the squad it, it's getting there it's not it's i don't think it's there yet and there'll probably be a couple of late bolters but yeah we're getting there how's the back row depth chart looking for you at the moment because you, you mentioned a few of the, the top performers against fiji in, in in what was a dogged enough match but nick yeah. timoney really put up his hand and i think he said afterwards had i not shown up it might have been my last game for ireland he was really putting himself under severe pressure but really he's proved himself a, a fairly able deputy when uh, when van der Fleer's not on Oh yeah, and there's very there's actually you know there's not a whole lot out and out sevens right now, and um, you know Will Connors is still kind of coming back as well. Um, I th- I think Timmy really put his hands up and he showed that he can get through a vast. I mean, he was another one, sorry, that obviously put his hand up, mm. um, and uh, he got through a vast amount of work. Um, and I was I was really impressed with him, and he's an out and out seven, but he also what will probably play play to his strength is that he's he's pretty comfortable uh, flexing across the entire back row um and for guys uh, I'm not saying Nick isn't a starter but I'm just saying for guys who aren't let's say you know if we're if you and I were to sit down and kind of scribble out the start of 15 here and um, obviously there's a couple of guys who jump onto the page straight away for the guys who don't make that start in 15 you know, to get into a World Cup squad you need a lot of flexibility and they're the guys who are really going to add a lot of value and I think Timothy in that regard, does that? Um, uh, someone else who is who has really kind of started to kind of grow now that they're getting a little bit more time, I suppose, is Max Deegan. Mm. Um, I think you know, I, I look, you know, Max and Kalen were kind of coming up together, right? And I kind of look and say, this is going to sound like uh, Max is probably the most uh, naturally gifted, athletic. Uh, back row I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, but I think he had to learn that, you know, the the, the grind and the process that it, it takes to be consistent at the top level. And I think Kalen um, is, is you know, a, a highly gifted footballer as well, um, but who took the chance and, and probably, um, you know, he took the chance a little bit earlier than Max took a little bit later to kind of learn how to go about it, but but having people like Max coming into their four in this kind of cycle is is really interesting in terms of the dynamic that brings to the back row, right? Because he's very dynamic, and um, he can play. He's showing that he can play six. Uh, Ryan Baird as well as another one mm. who can play six uh, and second row, um, and that just adds to the headaches for Andy Farrell and, and Paul O'Connell. Good headaches, you know, because you have established players there like uh, Jack Conan. Uh, Kalen, like we mentioned, Josh van der Feer, Peter Omani, uh, these type of guys. Um, and I think it's not, it's th- the way our team is now and the way Ireland play now, it's not good enough to be kind of how do I, a, a specialist in one thing anymore. And um, particularly in the back row, I think you have to ha- be, be very good at that like role specific uh, job description, let's call it, but also be a really, really good generous in, in terms of you know, your passing skills, your line-out skills, your poaching skills, your tackling skills, your carrying skills, because of the width and the speed 
um, and the way that Ireland played our game. And um, there's there's no the more ball carriers, the more ball players, the more uh, lineup options we have on the pitch, the more dangerous we are um, in terms of to, to defend. So it, when it comes to the back row, you know, um, I, that's one place we are not lacking in depth. For sure. And and you, we mentioned Josh van der Fleer uh, and the incredible 12 months he has had. Like We, we saw the World yeah. Rugby Player of the Year nominations come out this week and himself and Johnny Sexton up, both up for the top gong. And look, I know, look, you're someone who's been nominated for that for that very award on a couple of occasions yourself, so you know how, big, how great an achievement it is. But is it is it one of those achievements that you can only reflect? It's like the All Stars in Gaelic football and hurling. You can only reflect once you're retired and maybe appreciated, or is it at something at the time where you're like, okay, this is this is pretty cool? Um, ah, look, I think you'll always say it's pretty cool. Um, oh, sorry, it's nice to be nominated. Mm. Okay. Um, because of the people that are part of that panel putting together, most of them are former players. And, um, you know, it's kind of a nice recognition, I suppose. Um, and it shows you the level that you are at, um, which is kind of reaffirming in terms of, um, you know, you're putting in a lot of work and you're getting some sort of kind of validation, I suppose, for it. Um, but the real validation any of these guys care about is trophies. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can get nice awards, um, but like at the end of the year, you're really looking at um, like what trophies are in the cabinet, what medals do you have in, at home? Um, I don't think you're really caring about anything else. And, you know, you look at Ireland, they haven't won anything in, since 2018. Um, and I think Johnny made a couple of comments there last week about that, you know, that they have to win things um and be used to being favourites, for example, and, and going into a competition favourites and dominating it. Um, they like they, they have to win trophies, and that's what they really care about. It's really cool for them. Um, uh, like I think I've said this. I think Johnny Sexton is probably the best player Ireland have ever had. Um, you know, in terms of trophies won, in terms of winning World Player of the Year in the modern professional era. Really, I know Keith Wood won it, but that was like at the start of the professional era. This is like. You know, over the last 15 years, um, and Johnny's been, I think this is, correct me if I'm wrong, is this the third time Johnny's been nominated? I'm fairly sure. Let me see. He's, he's certainly looking to become the first player, or one of the, one of the, um, the players, uh, certainly one of the only, only players from here to become the first, uh, to, to win it multiple times. So, like, I mean, yeah. when you, when you look at the record, even at least, at least he has been recognized, which, which I, I guess is important because he's, as you say, he's, he's world class. Like, just, just, I mean, and, and he, he's getting better. You know, he, 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 he's looking after himself more off the field. Not that he didn't, but you know, he's he's always trying to improve on that. Yeah, uh, investing in himself. He's he's growing and has grown substantially as a leader. Um, uh, since he's kind of came back from France, you know, and 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 the years you know following that, and Stuart Lancaster bringing him through on that. Um, and then just the way he views the game, and I think that's the thing people forget. Like, you know. You've got to realize, you know, Johnny came through. Johnny had to fight to come through, right? Um, like he had to fight Contaponi to get the spot. And he didn't get the nod, uh, from Contaponi until Felipe got injured in the semi final. I think was it semi final uh, or the final? Sorry, or semi final. It was semi final against Munster in, in 2009. Um, and then he kicked on. Then he had to fight Raj to get through. And then so he's been there since like, you know, 2010, 2011. And has like 
he's been at the top level, the pictures that he's seen in real time, in real match conditions, and um, he's seen it for like 10 years at the highest level. And that's why it all looks so natural for him in terms of like how he controls the game, I think. And a lot of people forget that. They just, they're trying to compare like with like in terms of the young gun coming through and versus someone who's seen this, those pictures for 10 years. And um, I think, you know, that kind of experience and, and he keeps his body in good shape. It's a very dangerous combo um, to, to go up against, but it's great. Uh, and especially for Josh as well, by the way, Josh is, one of the nicest people I think I've ever met in my life um, <laughs> off the field. Um, absolute pro. Always looking to get better. Um, real good uh, way and mannerism about him. Um, and I remember Johnny even talking about him. And even when I played with, with Josh, it's like, the reason you love playing with Josh is because you knew he was going to do his job 100% of the time. Yeah. Like, he, you look at him play, like, he never, he very, very rarely makes a mistake. Uh, he'll always know the game plan. He'll always know his role. He'll always know, he'll make the right decision, you know, nine times out of 10. Uh, and you do not have to worry uh, about him. And, um, you know, he'll get you a massive, particularly if you're playing in the back row and you have him as your, your seven, he'll get through a massive amount of work that potentially releases you a little bit more to, have a bit more of a rolling role, depending on who your the, the six and the eight are. But Josh does take a huge amount of work um, off the plate. Yeah, absolutely. And what a, what a, what a year, twelve months he's had for for, for Ireland and Leinster. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, great stuff. Finally, score prediction for for the weekend: Ireland Australia Saturday eight pm. Uh, I won't give you a, a score prediction because uh, I, I I haven't looked enough at it. Uh, but I I think Ireland are are Ireland should win comfortably. Um, I think such is the level that we are at. But, you know, on any given day, you never know. Um, but I think we are going to have a fairly strong side with, you know, one or two interesting people potentially on the bench and um, some interesting calls from Andy. So that's what I'm, I'm more interested to see the squad that Andy mm. picks for this game rather than the actual game itself. Um, so that's that's what's going to be most interesting for me. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully another big performance on the way. Jimmy, great stuff as always. Thanks a million. No worries. Take care. Perfect. Jimmy, he's up there, the former Irish captain. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.